Welcome to the Efficient Private Clients Podcast, where we delve into the intricacies of the financial world and bring you our latest market and economic expertise. Today, we are continuing our closer look at China. Where do they fit in in the world economy at the moment, and what does the future hold? I am Kyle Poppy, an investment specialist at Efficient Private Clients, and your host for today. We are joined again in studio by Renier Fancel, one of our portfolio managers. Renier, we've seen over the past three years that China has been on and off lockdown. People stayed indoors and also that the Chinese economy didn't really contribute much to the global growth as it had in the past. What does the reopening of China mean for the rest of the world? And perhaps if you could just touch on a few of the risks that we might see as a result as well. Mm. So thanks for having me again, Carl. Um, yeah, so imagine being locked down for that long. It's, I, yo, you remember yeah, how we struggled. And, and the different kind of lockdown, you know, we still locked our own, our own doors. <laughs> yeah. Nobody locked the door for me. <laughs> Absolutely. So that was, that was quite tough, you know, and you didn't have burning buildings in no. South Africa like you had in, <laughs> in China. Um, but nonetheless, yeah, so it was quite a torrid time for them. Um, I can't imagine being locked down for that long. No. But, you know, post that lockdown, as the economy started to reopen from last year, say October side, you've already seen it reopening a lot faster. Mm. You know, I know this is Chinese data and I know the government, a lot of times it can't be trusted, right? Yeah. Any Chinese data. But they say that 80% of people has already been infected. And yes. they say that the hospitalization rates peaked on the 5th of January. Mm. Um, you know, but even if you can't trust that, you can trust the real economic data and you're starting to see that people are traveling again, going yes. to their favorite restaurants, they're gambling again. We more recently saw in Macau, which is a very popular gambling destination, mm. year on year travel picked up by 39% yes. as people traveled. And that was over the Chinese New Year. Mm. So it is it a popular season. Very them. popular yeah. season. Um, so you're definitely seeing that. and. You know, why wouldn't people? Because people are flushed with liquidity. They save now for a whole year. Last year, they saved $2.6 trillion yeah. in cash. Yeah, I think out of everything, entertainment was the one thing everyone saved on. Absolutely. Yeah, Netflix only costs so much. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Absolutely. And a, and a couple of games here and there, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so basically, you've got the Chinese consumer sitting on $18 trillion in cash that they want to go and spend. They're frustrated. Um, I think that's why you have this bout of revenge spending, as yes. you're seeing at the moment. Yeah, they feel and like they missed out. They missed out. And you're also seeing, you know, we, we're trying to play that theme. In our portfolios as well, we introduced JD.com, which yes. is the largest retailer in China. They've got a, got a very strong online presence. They've got a very good logistics arm, you know, so they're able to supply this. So you should see the real demand in, in that area. Mm. That's why we introduced yeah. it at the end of the day. Um, you know, but yeah, so, so people want to get out. I think a lot of the benefits of the Chinese economy opening up will also, being, will also be seen in um, the asset market. Uh, you know, once people get confidence, then they go out and buy bonds again and buy stocks and buy property. People are so scared of buying these things because yes, yes. you had horrible returns you know, in Chinese equities over mm. the last while. So people really need to gain that confidence and then they will come out and spend again. But to answer your question on China as a participant in the global space, yes. China's definitely going to contribute to global growth this year. The IMF expects them to grow at 5.2%. Some people think that's conservative. Okay. Uh, companies like Goldman has it at 5.7%, 5.9%. So if you put that in relation to the rest of the world, they will account almost for two-fifths 
of global growth. Yes. Now, the US and Europe combined isn't expected even to contribute one-fifth yes. of global growth this year. You know, that, that's, that's a massive, massive really, component. Really massive. And it's for, for all of these reasons that, that we've mentioned, and, and we've seen this in the past. It's not the first time that China is, is coming to save the world. <laughs> in, yes, the late, in the late 1990s, in the Asian crisis, China took over the baton, the growth baton, and they helped the whole Asian area out of that growth slump. After the great financial crisis in 2008, mm. China took over and they helped the world. Yes. This time around, I think it will be the same. You know, there's a, a couple of reasons for that. You know, they can, for example, they're not in the same uh, monetary and fiscal space as the rest of the world. They've been locked down now. I think in part also, you know, as to kind of control inflation, because inflation was rampant in the rest of the world, but you didn't see that in China. They had yes. 2% plus inflation. Yeah, they had it under good, under good measure of control. Yeah. yeah, so this year they're in a position where they can actually cut interest rates if they need to. We saw a couple of days ago they, they kept their lending rate, the rate at which banks lend to one another, unchanged. You know, and, and markets like that. Yes. And we also saw that um, you know, the amount of loans being issued also rose to historic levels which is quite good. It means that people are doing business again. Mm, there's um, a need for the money. Absolutely. So China is definitely in a different space. I think that there are risks of China reopening, um, especially on the inflationary front for the rest of the world, especially in the world space. I think, you know, as people travel more, the demand for oil will start to pick up. More recently, you saw Russia cutting their output on oil. Yes. The Saudis aren't willing to really uh, increase their output. The US is drawing down the reserves quite quickly. So I think if things go very well in China, you ha will have this, this upward pressure on oil. And then also in Europe, you know, a lot of Chinese citizens travel to Europe to go yes. and spend and then they bring stuff a back to China. good holiday destination, yeah. Yes, and or they go for holiday, as you've yeah, mentioned. Yeah. And you know, that can obviously push up the prices of goods because of demand. So there are these risks um, to, to global growth. And then there's also, you know, internal problems in China as well. You know, the, the, if there's a global recession, that might spill back into China, yes. you know, or especially on the commodity front. Um, or if, even if there's a flare up in the property market in China. So there's always risks. Yes. But the base case is for China to grow very nicely this year. Yeah, definitely. So it's all good and well to look at the economy and we, we expect them to boom and you mentioned asset prices like bonds and shares uh, that are maybe uh, less safe but potentially more rewarding than something like a bank deposit. What can investors expect from shares in the shorter term, say over the next year or two? Mm. So that's a very good question, Carl, and I think that's also the question on everybody's lips. Because that translates into money, right? That's what we want to do with At the our end money. Of the day. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, just the expectation on Chinese equities from those October low levels when they started to reopen, you've already seen a massive rally yes. in Chinese markets. It was up at one point by sixty percent. You know, so it's now at a juncture where, if you look at individual companies like Tencent and you look at Baidu and Alibaba, those companies yes. are up by more than seventy percent. Yeah. So you have to ask yourself, what's already in the price? Yes, you know, they've had the great recovery and how much of that is already yes. priced in. Yes. So, so we, we're basically at a point where we're going into a stock pickers environment. You have to be very careful of what you buy. But in general, we are still overweight Chinese equities just in general. And there's a couple of reasons for that. I mean, I've, I've mentioned the reopening, which is going to be beneficial for them. Um, uh, you know, you have 
a relaxation in regulation over the last six months, whereas tech and education aren't regulated that stringently anymore. Yes. So that, that's a turnaround in sentiment, you know, for investors wanting to get back into Chinese equities. And then you also have the possibility of developing markets, the str- developed markets struggling, the US and Europe, yes. where you expect yes. slow growth. So what's the alternative? You know, guys are coming back into China and into emerging markets. Yeah, looking at them again. Yes, and that can even be good for South Africa, you know, for our bonds and for our equities. Um, that's uh, also a big reason why equities are so strong in, in South Africa, close to historic highs. Yes. Um, but yeah, so the, the expectation for China is still to be, be strong this year, definitely. We are still optimistic. I mean, we almost echo what Goldman Sachs is seeing. They're seeing 24% upside in equity markets. Um, But I do think that you have to be quite picky on where you're looking and what you're buying, as is always the case. High risk, high reward. High risk, high reward. And also, don't go and allocate, you know, um, a large, don't go and bet a farm on China. Don't allocate everything. Things can change. The government can lock the country overnight, you know, and you can have a drop in equity markets. China can't be your day job. (laughs) It it can't be your day job. (laughs) Well, perhaps for a day trader. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You can make money there, so it's a good side hustle, but... Exactly. Yeah. Other than that, yeah. Don't be, don't be overly optimistic. Don't be. Diversification at the end of the day is the only free lunch. It you is. Know, still diversify between developed markets and emerging markets, but if you can allocate um, and you want and you can afford the risk, allocate a bit more to emerging markets. Yeah, makes perfect sense. And that about does it for our Made in China series. And remember, our efficient podcast is made here in SA. Thank you very much.